0: Love Talk Radio. I'm your host Lucy Weston. Thank you for joining us on the Here We Are radio show. It's an interactive part of the Here We Are with Lucy dot com family. The basis of our mission is to inspire you, support your personal growth, and make your busy life better. Brighter and easier. If you are interested in living well and saving time, I invite you to come by and subscribe so you're alerted to new content. It's free and your information is never sold or shared. Plus, we know you are busy and prefer quality to quantity, so we don't bug you with constant updates. If you like the show, please like it on Facebook, tweet it, Google Plus it, share it with someone it may help. I appreciate each and every share. It is Saturday, February 25th. 2012, and today's guest is newly published author Ruth A. Casey, and we'll be discussing her new book, Night of Runes, writing, and more. I am excited to hear how this very busy lady turned her dream of becoming a published author into a reality while she was juggling a full-time job, a family, community service, and life. And if you've only recently discovered Ruth, uh, for 25 years she's been writing for Corporate America. And encouraged by her friends and her family, this ballroom dancing, sudoku playing, aspiring gourmet, finally gave in and released her inner muse, prompting a new journey of writing historical fantasy. Her book features strong men and empowered women, and how they cope with unexpected challenges. Ruth hopes her stories become your favorite adventures. And you can learn more about Ruth or contact her at www.ruthacasey.com. That's Ruth A-C-A-S-I-E. Dot com, So it's RuthAKC.com. And because Ruth has a lot to share, uh, we won't be taking any live calls today, but if you are listening live, we appreciate that. Um, and I am going to get to it. So welcome, Ruth. I have been looking forward to interviewing you for a while now. Thank you, Lucy.
1: Thank you so much for inviting me here today.
0: Oh, I'm glad you could make it. And uh, like I said to the audience, we have a lot to discuss. So um, tell us a little bit about how all this started. Did you grow up thinking, I am going to write historical fantasy novels? Gee, not
1: really. I've always had stories in my head. Uh, kind of an imaginative child, but mostly about heroic nights. My older sister just told me recently that I was forever making up fairy tales. But I really never thought I would write anything down. Not until about three years ago.
0: So, oh, okay, three years ago. So, what, all right, so was that, is that the point where you, where I mentioned you had an intermuse, that the intermuse came out? What happened three years ago?
1: Well, a friend of mine, uh, my friend Denise, just uh, told me that she was going to write a, remo- a romance novel. And I remember thinking what a wonderful idea that was. I had so many ideas in my head that I thought I would just kind of pop them out with her and talk about them and she could write them down. Uh, What we decided to do was write a series of of books together. So she had her story and I had mine, but they really never jived together. They were just very divergent. So we quickly decided to to kind of separate a little bit. She wrote her stories and I wrote mine. What I found was I really enjoyed the writing. And four months later, I had 104,000 words and a complete
0: story. Oh my goodness! So you really just jumped into it. So, okay, now uh, let let's be clear about this. Like, the here your audience is, is like you is a busy bunch, and obviously not everyone who listens to the show or, uh, you know, is a writer. But we can all learn from each other's approach for achieving goals or dreams. And you know, like you said, when you were a child, you had all these uh, ideas, and your sister said you had fantasies in your head. So no matter whatever the dream is, um, or whatever your ability we all have to at some point make a decision to do it or not. That said, how did you, Ruth, make the choice to actually, I mean, we heard about your friend, but, I mean, it sort of came about, you end up with 104,000 words. How did you actually decide to sit down and begin, like, this is a book you're writing and you're going to now take it from sitting down with your friend and, you know, what came out of it creatively and make this something, a challenge to get published? Well,
1: I didn't think about publishing. I just thought about getting the book down on paper. So one thing led to another. I found that the that the story idea came came about. Characters started to talk to me. I could be in the shower when someone would kind of like be on my shoulder saying, "Did you think about this? Did you know that my brother did that?" And it just became a a love of putting it down on paper. I'd I'd always kept them in my head, and I would lose sight of 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 some of the characters that I've developed over the years, but here I could put them down in paper and take them out whenever I wanted to and add to their story, so writing it down was the easy part. getting it all out, organizing it into a book that was a challenge
0: so okay, it, where so it that took was, me,
1: go ahead i'm sorry I'm sorry where, where it took me four four months to to get these hundred and four thousand words on paper. It took me another eighteen months to figure out how to take the story and make it into a good
0: book. So that was where my next question was. So let's say you're in the shower and you get an idea. And you get out of the shower, obviously you don't have pen and paper in there. You're <laughs> going to write it down or you're going to jump on your computer. Is it? Is it the immediate – do you recommend for other writers or people with ideas to immediately get it out, or is it something you would mull over? And or, But then I think, is there the risk you'll forget it? Well, there is the risk you forget it. So I carry paper and pencil with me all the time. I have a little, little
1: notebook that I keep in my handbag. I keep a little notebook in my briefcase, so if I have ideas, I can put them down. The shower is a is a challenge, because I can't write in the shower. Mm-hmm. But I have to tell you, some of my best ideas come there.
0: You know, there is a philosophy about uh, hot water in the shower releases certain, um, uh, I guess it's your uh, capillaries in your brain, and that's why they think ideas come in the shower. Oh, really? Well, I yeah, I, I, just I actually I heard... A, scientists talking about that and i thought wow okay that makes sense
1: well i was actually thinking of either getting a wipey board
0: in the in the shower
1: you know in in the bathroom so i could shut stuff down or even put a recorder in so i could record something
0: yeah when it comes to you right so you don't and 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 sometimes those are the the gems that become a a huge idea of whatever you're doing yes you're right i've i've you know when i've been stuck at a point in the book
1: uh, that I'm writing, I'll go and you know, I'm taking the shower in the morning, and all of a sudden it's like an aha moment, like oh my god, why didn't I think of that before?
0: Right. Then I can't
1: wait to get out of the
0: shower and at least jot down some notes, so it's like refreshed uh, in more ways than one. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> looking back now, I mean, you you're, so you said you took four months to get the words out, eighteen months to. Does uh, is, is that mean eighteen months was the organization and the editing? Is that what the eighteen months went to? Well, when I first had this this book down.
1: You know, on, on paper, uh, I didn't know what to do with it, so I went to a writers' conference and I submitted. I, I, I pitched it to a, an uh, editor, and they asked for my full. I didn't. I didn't even know about editing and rewrite. I thought I wrote the book, the editor would like it, and then they would make the edits. Well, that was a, that was a learning process in itself. Obviously, that that editor, who I. I owe a great deal of thanks for it, even if it was just having her read the whole thing It, it must have been mind boggling because when i when I read it now that that first copy i it's like I cringe. I just didn't know all the craft issues i didn't know about point of view i didn't know um about passive voice i didn't know about weak verbs, so I took eighteen months to understand the craft. To learn my craft, and then pull my story apart in pieces. Sometimes reorganizing. Sometimes I had to take scenes out that didn't quite work. I mean, I loved them, but it didn't work with the story. It was just over, you know, too much backstory. I pulled it out and and I put it aside. So at the end of the day, I had 92,000 words and a really good book.
0: All right, so my next question for you, and I think you just answered it, was what were there alterations on your early approach that you could share? And I think you just did that uh, very effectively. And so you you got yourself to a writer's conference, and you so you submerged yourself, it sounds like, in, in the, uh, the maybe – I don't know necessarily submerged is the right word, but you started to get involved in the business end of how this all works. So for the aspiring writer – um, if you had to go back and, and give them a one-two-three approach, let's say, uh, you know, um, besides actually sitting down and writing a book or writing whatever it is—short stories, poetry—what do you, what did you do to learn your genre and become publishable, quote unquote, if you will? Okay, so I call it the three R's: reading, research, and rewrite.
1: Okay. Um, I've always read my genre. What I did was I went back. Now, now that I started to Write my genre. I went back and I reread my favorite stories to figure out why did I like it so much. I even went to those parts that I didn't like to figure out why I didn't like them. Then I branched out a little bit into other books that I found th- that I enjoyed. My my favorite genre, of course, is historical fantasy books by Julie Garwood, uh, Diane Gabaldone, uh, Lynn Kerlin. Cur- I also enjoy Clive Cussler, who, who writes adventure books. So I went and started reading, rereading his books to find out what about his books that I liked. What about his so, books did I did not like? Let me just like? stop
0: you there. When you're when you're reading these books now, you're reading obviously not just for pleasure. You're reading with an eye towards things. So you're listening to things like voice or character development, or you're looking for description. Is that what you're really zoning in on? Yes, most definitely. Okay, so you're really kind of looking at it almost like from a, an English major perspective in a way, where you're starting to dissect the book, see what other people are doing, so that you're not reinventing the wheel in a sense.
1: Well, I don't want to reinvent the wheel, but I also want to develop my own voice. So how how can I make it my own? I think that's okay. part of it. Part of it is, is there's a part that, that I enjoy. Um, I like the, a, a bit of the sarcastic humor. I like a bit, um, comic relief. At, and at some point, uh, so to me, it was trying to to make it my own and find my own way. Then I I also felt there was a, a need for research, not just to research my craft so that I could become a better writer, but also to research my stories because while I'm while they fantasy, they should be based in, in some sort of reality so that it, it makes it believable. So I I did a lot I I found I really enjoyed doing the research. Of course, the most fun part of the research when was when my heroine had to get um, was in a sports car, and I put her in a, a BMW. So I went to the BMW dealer and I took a test drive.
0: So you got the sense of the the feel of the car, how it handled, what it looked like, all the 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 practical uh, practical yeah. you know. In okay,
1: interesting. And then for rewrite, you know, I mentioned that, that that first editor, I should get a prize for reading that raw book. But what I learned was that I really enjoy the edit and the rewrite process because that's when the characters start to come alive, and that's when they start to talk to me. So it was it it was a it's a wonderful it's a hard process, but
0: for me, it's one of the most rewarding and i think rewriting is probably the most difficult across the board for people because isn't there a, it, it's sort of like you've put you've made no matter what it is what you're crafting and creating whether you're making music or you're you're writing you're it's it you kind of have to uh find a place that you can let go of things correct yes most definitely there are certain things
1: you know there's uh one scene in my book was a, a scene about um a, a high tea at at, at the manor in the current day, I happen to enjoy tea with scones and clotted cream. So I describe that that scene from soup to nuts, actually from crumb to crumb. And um, in the long run, it was a great scene, but it didn't advance the story. So it had to get cut down quite a bit. So that's the rewrite part. And sometimes when you when you rewrite. When you when you when you do this brain dump and you put it all down into, into into very finite detail, it's that detail that helps you synthesize the information and make it shorter. It gives you that background.
0: So there's there you you have to kind of come to terms with not everything you know. It may be genius, but it may just not be working. Right. De- most definitely or maybe not advice.
1: be working in that scene. There was right. there was one part where um I wrote a uh, a description of the of the forest and I thought it was a great description. Some of the one of my beta readers who is a, a a well-known author, she said it doesn't work. So I said, "Oh, I'll have to delete the scene." She said, "Delete the scene from here, but don't lose that scene. Put it someplace right. else where it makes more sense because it's it, the description is phenomenal."
0: so or it it's possible that
1: you could use it in a sequel right, so it's knowing where to put the emphasis it's knowing how to present your characters so that they're well rounded and and sometimes more is better
0: mhm, so you know it's funny, I was thinking when you were saying that that it's it's uh, a lot of women have especially have problem with letting go of things, so this is almost like a creative process of letting go. Yes, it is. Which is a challenge for a lot of people in, in any aspect of life. So it's interesting that it's manifesting in the writing as well. That that's something you have to have the courage to let go of certain things. Now, Ruth, you you are very lucky and very talented, and you got a book deal from Karina Press, which is part of Harlequin Publishers. Congratulations. Uh, was there a moment when you knew that you were uh, close to or over the hump to making it all happen?
1: You know, I wish I could tell you yes. The, you know, a lot of the agents and editors that I spoke to were not keen on uh, time travel. They didn't see uh, that being the next best thing, so they were not too willing to take a chance on it. When Karina, when uh, Angela James called me to tell me she wanted uh, to, to publish the book, that my first thought was. She didn't want to publish the book. She was, you know, how nice that she's calling me to say no, thank you. Um, but it it became very apparent very quickly that this was the call. Uh, so it, it kind of made me feel really wonderful that the work was found worthy. But as far as I always knew the book was good, I just didn't know if it was the right time, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, okay, so now uh, time travel, it's such, you know, there, it's such a big genre, but at the same time it's very, you know, you have to either want to write it or, or not. So why time travel? There are just so
1: many things that women women do today and do well. So in the 21st century, my heroine is considered an overachiever. Whatever she does, she does well, whether it's her job, she's a Renaissance scholar, um, her hobby her she's an outdoors type so she's a search and rescue volunteer and for fitness um she does martial arts and not so much for the uh fighting aspect but for control for the mind body connection nothing is really out of the norm for today women do that do these things all the time but drop her back 400 years and she becomes extraordinary so how does she deal with the people there and how do they deal with her that to me was what really got my my creative juices going and it's a, there's infinite possibilities oh my gosh there's so many and here you know 400 years ago uh our hero is the alpha male you know he he's the, the leader he's the uh, soul um you know the, he's the person that everybody has to listen to and she our heroine is the one who says well you know have you thought of this? Did you think of that? She becomes a partner. She's not used to being, you know, uh, anything less than an equal. So how does he deal with her, and how does she deal with him? And Very there, interesting. When,
0: and when and and the romance part falls in line with it. So now I know that's piquing people's interest, and they can get the book at your website, right? Ruthakv.com. Okay, and you can get it uh, in hard copy as well as uh, digital. Correct. No, it's only available in digital copy, and you okay. can get it
1: you, again. You can get it at, at my uh, website. You can mm-hmm. get it at Karina Press's website, and it's also available on Amazon and Barnes and Noble.
0: And I, I didn't mean to say hard copy. I meant audio. Audio. Yes. Yes. Okay. Thank you. I knew that it wasn't right. Okay. So now, uh, as we mentioned during the introduction and and what you were saying about your your heroine, um, you too are a very busy woman. And uh, and, uh, something you also said is that, you know, she does everything very well. Well, you know, not everyone in today's society can do it all. And we all need help doing things. and, And there are certain things we all can do very well. How do you approach time in today's world? Um, in real life so that, you know, the things that matter to you are done well, like your family, your work, et cetera? So for me it's um,
1: organize, prioritize, and schedule. Mm. So I, I find that um, I do my best work, first of all, when I'm busy. When I'm not busy, I kind of get a little lax. So I'm the queen of making lists, and I love to check things off when they're done. Mm-hmm. So that's my that's my goal is to check off everything on my list. Uh I also set times when I do things. So I I read mail, my email on the train ride into the city to my day job. I can plot and plan and and think about things on my walk from the, the train to my office. I try to do some writing during lunchtime because I need that break from my office job anyway. Uh and and uh, Paul and I are empty nesters, so uh, at home I have time to uh, you know, do some of the family stuff. I, I don't have the pressure of a young family, although I do have the pressure of planning our daughter's wedding, and I'm, I'm chairing the New Jersey Writers Conference. So scheduling is even more important to me now to make sure I get everything done. But it's with lists and with organization. So I like what you offered, organize, prioritize, and schedule. Yeah. That's the way. To, that's the only thing to do. And I, I'm a project manager by by in my in my office job, so project
0: management is is the way to go for me. So and and for someone who isn't in that profession and, and honing those skills every day, though, these are very simple ways, but very effective ways to get get a grasp on life and handling it all.
1: Well, I think that uh, whether you're uh, an at home mom or uh, you know. A, no, no children at all whatever i think i think project management is a skill we all have that we don't you know don't put a tag on it a title on it we hmm. we make our lists we do we we schedule our time so we're doing project management in one way or another i just have to do it a little bit more so to make sure i get everything done
0: so that brings me to my next question, Ruth. Broadening your career from a project manager and obviously uh, uh, having a family, a career of family, to include writing fiction you know, on, on a professional level, it revealed itself to you at a later chapter in your life. And if you were having lunch, let's say, with someone who said to you, oh, if I were only 10 years younger or uh, I'm too old now to try such and such, what would your response be?
1: I, first of all, I wish I was 10 years younger. I would have started this a lot sooner. But it's never too late. I refuse to, to look back and say if only. So um, if I was having lunch with someone, I would tell them to start writing. I would suggest classes for them that may, they may find interesting that will help them along. i tell them to get involved with a group, uh, a support group of writers, Um and not just join the group at the periphery, but to jump in with both feet and get truly involved. I have met such wonderful people, and I've had some great fangirl moments with some of my favorite authors. So I don't think it's ever too late. And that
0: can apply to anything someone's interested in doing.
1: Not Almost definitely. Writing,
0: anything. That no one's ever too old. No,
1: you're never too old. I mean, you, if you're going to try some something that's difficult on your body, that's one thing. Right bungee but, jumping at Yeah, know. <laughs> bungee jumping
0: is not my thing. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yes I know what you mean but, but there is a certain mindset to just saying it's the here and now that you have to do it. Well it's just I
1: you know, I I, I watched my parents um age and I, I remember my mother saying to me, You know, I really wished I could have traveled more well, she could have traveled more. She just never did. And that was my first, my, my, the first time I realized I never wanted to say if only. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to, I'd rather say I tried it and
0: I didn't like it. Right. That's good advice. Now, lots of women never learn the word no. And, and you know, many people struggle with you know saying yes to everybody, and they put off their own lives because they're always saying yes to the wants and needs of other people, especially in their family. Are you good at saying no? And uh, if if you are, or if you're not, was there guilt involved? How did you get to be able to handle all this? You obviously have to say no to certain things. Hmm.
1: Sometimes I don't think no is in my vocabulary.
0: Okay, so you have struggle to... with this too, then? Oh
1: yes, it, I I I truly have to try to stay clear of situations where I'll be put in a situation where I have to say no. I think um guilt is built into my DNA. But so I struggle with it, but I'm getting better. Especially this year more so than than others. It's this year's a um a very packed year, not only with my daughter's wedding, with the New Jersey conference, um I'm also very active with the uh, Bergen County uh, Shelter for Victims of Domestic Violence, so I, I need to uh, I need to step back, and there are times when I've just had to say no.
0: It's not so an easy thing. That's where your prioritization skill comes in, where you oh, say definitely. is this a priority, right? And but actually, you know, I,
1: I'm sorry. sorry. What I what I try to do if I if I can't if someone asks me to do something, and I can't do it myself, I try to figure out how they can get it done differently. They don't always need me. Sometimes they just need another resource.
0: Yeah, I really appreciate your honesty on that because that's that's a really that is something very key, and, and most women do struggle at either throughout their lives or at certain points in their lives, or about saying no and about prioritizing and making things that are. In, and it's it's refreshing to hear your honesty about it, and that you are able to get all these things done and to get to to fulfill your dreams, and yet you still have this. Uh, you know uh, part of you that you you want to do things for everybody but you understand that there are certain uh, priorities that have to be met Um. so now what about fun everybody needs fun and every year that passes I'm learning how much more important fun is than a lot of other things to making memories Uh, do you need to schedule that too of course
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> you I do, do and and you know you you mentioned when you introduced me that i you know I, I enjoy ballroom dancing so um my husband and i you know we do we do go ballroom dancing sometimes we take classes we try to go out and dance uh so that takes a schedule and with new york city so close we enjoy going to the theater so we enjoy doing that we just saw a seminar with uh, alan rickman a few weeks ago and i totally enjoyed it seeing alan rickman up uh, alan rickman up close was just thrilling um, but I also have a very strong family unit. You know, I love spending time with my, my children. I have three of them, and they're they're all out of the house, and we've got two grandchildren. So they each do their own thing, but we, we really speak almost daily. And the best time is when we're gathered and sit around the table. It, you know, it's a noisy, wonderful table, and that's where I have my fun. So uh, I try to include the, in the family because it's so easy, especially with them out of the house, it's so easy for them to be, you know, push to the side and and the rest of my life to take
0: over. So I my fun is built around my family. And so it is scheduling and it's also it sounds to me like appreciating the simple things like you said, sitting around the table. Right. It's just simple. And and it's right there in front of you. It's
1: it's that and it's also um we spend our vac- we spend one week's vacation together, all of us. Every year. So we we, we just we, we go away You know, get a a bungalow, rent a house, whatever, and spend a week together. It's a funny
0: time. Yeah. We have about two minutes left, and we've covered a lot. But is there anything else you'd like to add that we might have missed? Okay.
1: So I think a writer should write from their heart and let their passion shine through. Uh, That's what connects with a reader i think the best review i ever got from a reviewer was when she said she felt my heroine immersed her in the adventure and that's what what an author you know wants from a reader they want the reader to love their stories so i hope that the stories i write are the stories that people turn to love
0: so write from the heart and let your passion shine through yes it's excellent this was wonderful advice, and, uh, you know, it's not only for the writer but the non-writer alike. And listeners, you can contact Ruth at her website, com, And again, that's Casey, C-A-S-I-E. Thank you, Ruth, so much. I know you've just helped others get closer to their dreams, and I'm so happy for you for your publishing deal, and it's all very, very exciting. Thank you so much. Listeners, thank you for sharing part of your busy day with me. I understand that every minute counts, and we hope our radio shows and lifestyle information at HereWeAreWithLucy.com help to make your life better, brighter, and easier. And no matter the topic of the radio shows or articles, we want you to come away with valuable information that you can implement into your busy life because here we are on this journey together. I'm Lucy Weston, and I look forward to speaking with you next time on Here We Are.